was lying back strumming that, playing that riff, and I started thinking about Cindy Lauper and Metallica at the same time. It was sort of like dreamy, like, you know, what, what how can you fit both of those in your head? Hello everybody and welcome back to another thrilling episode of Beyond the Barrier, the show that takes you closer to the music than ever before. Today we have an incredibly special guest. He's the musical mastermind, guitarist and frontman of one of the most iconic bands of all time, the genre-bending and era-defining Weedus. Friends of Beyond the Barrier, it's Brendan B. Brown. Brendan, hello and welcome to Beyond the Barrier. How the hell are hello. you? Hello. I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. Um, I am uh, having a crazy day, but it's uh, we're getting through it. Oh, really? Do you want to tell us about it? Is it music related well, or just um, life related? It's life related. Uh, our dog Cosmo died this morning. Oh, um, Brendan. Yeah, it's a big surprise. He was. Uh, he seemed to be doing okay. You know, he's had a very old dog. He was fourteen or fifteen, we think, and he had um, several near misses through the years with us. And he uh, he had Addison's disease, and he had, was prone to catching pneumonia. He was a little chocolate schnauzer, you know, and almost. Oh purebred dogs there they're not long for this world you know yeah so um but he was uh i, I wanted to talk about it because i wanted to celebrate him more he was a, he was a joyful little creature he was a real busy body he was always trying to snitch his brother out and you know he was um <laughs> yeah he was a, he was really into uh face licking and like being cuddly and he was um also could be a bit of a jerk which is one of the reasons we liked him so of much course, you know? yeah um and uh and he he left us this morning very quickly very suddenly oh um, man i'm so sorry at, to at hear a, that out of nowhere yeah no indication anything was wrong and then and then he was gone so because um, I, I had a dog that passed away like about a month ago so yeah you know, okay so I so know, here we are i know and, how you're feeling it's like a support group yeah as well yeah we can do we can do that anybody yeah. if anybody out there is listening and you've recently lost a pet here we go yeah oh well, um, i'm thinking of you and your family because it's like, thanks Thanks. that's that's yeah. sad yeah. Um, he's not he wasn't our first to to leave and he was he won't be the last and we, we adopt what? old dogs and hang out with them and uh and uh, accept them for all of their uh dents and scratches and scrapes you know so it's such a gorgeous thing to do it's very i've done that as well we got a dog his name was rico we got him knowing we'd only have him for about a month now he lasted maybe eight or nine months but uh, yeah. it was it was it was great. He he had a great time. You know, he was he was yeah. terribly treated before we got him. So we felt like uh, we we kind of gave him a nice end of life. You know, and every one of those dogs that we've had it has given much more back to us than we were able to give to them. So it's you know it's one of those things. You, it's it's uh, people worry about it, but you shouldn't. You should go out there and find a find a banged up old mongrel and take them home you know, definitely definitely, definitely. What you should do. the love you get back from them is it's tenfold like absolutely mm -hmm. totally mm -hmm. agree um so brendan like i suppose i always like to start at the start or as you know as as <laughs> far back as we can um life in northport tell us about that when you were growing up and sure um well it was a, a sort of a lobster town um on the north shore of Long Island, um, in the sort of the in-between. And by that, I mean, it wasn't the Gold Coast where the Great Gatsby was set, and it wasn't the um, out east in the, in the Hamptons. It wasn't one of those places. It was okay. an in-between um, in western Suffolk County. And growing up, uh, it was a lot of fishermen in the town. <clears throat> you know, a lot of, uh, had a lot of problems in the 70s with uh, pollution and, and um, uh, fishery restrictions. And the short story is, is that a lot of these guys were out of work and it was, um, it was, it was transitioning, but it hadn't found its new identity yet, which it since has, I'm, I'm happy to say, but, um, at the time it was a rather violent and, uh, and, uh, <laughs> creepy place. <laughs> oh, really? Got into a yeah. couple of scraps in your time? Yeah. 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 More than I could count. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
before my before I hit the double digits, I had more more fist fights than I could count. It was oh, like that. Was, oh, really? Okay, so it's yeah. a tough, tough enough place. And uh, like, yeah. so it's like, is it thirty minutes or so outside the city, or a little no, bit more? It's more than that. It's about um, uh, you could probably make it to Manhattan in an hour. Okay. If you hit the traffic, it might take you two. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. And then, so like, is that where you started playing music back as as a kid? Did oh yeah, uh, my mother showed me how to play "My Girl" by The Temptations on her nylon string. She was a sort of folk, folky guitarist. Um, she had one of those nun guitars, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, she had had a little uh, group in her Catholic girls' school uh, when she was in high school. Uh, she never did anything professional with it, but um, she knew how to play some songs and she knew some chords. And uh, uh, "My Girl" and um, uh, "Crazy." Patsy Klein written. Oh, gorgeous. Yeah. Great song. Yeah. And she showed me those two and uh, I didn't, I didn't pick up on crazy because it was too complicated until later, but the my girl riff, I, I got down and that was nice. when I was about eight years old. Yeah. Okay. Um, that, that's a great, that's a great introduction at that age as well. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Real, real classic, real, it's a real um, concrete foundational piece of guitar work or bass work or whatever you want to play it on. It's, it's just, it's got all the basics in it and it's real hooky. And yeah, um, that alone, I think could teach you how to, write songs <laughs> definitely and then what, the songwriting did that start kind of a little bit yeah. further on yeah like i said willie nelson and bob marley and james taylor were always on the on the deck i remember uh, when i was about four years old or five years old i i knew how to um load up spool and and uh fast forward um uh my mother's copy of rumors on real to real tape oh, amazing it's yeah. a lot more it's a lot more difficult than just saying hey alexa please play you know <laughs> Yeah, really can't put in a bit of work. These days, have you squeeze your music out? But I remember how fat that sounded. That tape sounded so just like everywhere. It was just surrounding you. It's like you were in a pillow of music. Yes. And, um, yeah, that's a a, a a sound memory I've been chasing ever since. <laughs> oh, really? And I so because I see, obviously, you've got a lot of a lot of stuff back there. I'm sure mm. a couple of those things do similar. Sometimes I get them too. <laughs> Sometimes I struck strike out. You know. Um, it's a, uh, you know, you kind of sque- squeeze an art out of electronics, you know, all the time. Yes. <clears throat> that was the early process of our first record was uh, this discovery process of trying to make a hybrid. You know, when I was a teenager after the, after the Bob Marley and, uh, and the days of, uh, you know, uh, Frankie Valley and my mom's records, I got into metal. You know, that was the sort of heavy rock was my identifier, um, Metallica, ACDC, Rush. And um, <clears throat> I started writing my own songs. I rediscovered from having been a, you know, a shredder guitar player as a teen, yeah. I started writing when I was around 18, 19 years old. And um, I rediscovered songwriters, Ani DeFranco and um, the Pixies and um, the Indigo Girls and, and um, music like that. And I started trying to find my own voice on the first album. I was thinking I could build this hybrid between this James Taylor kind of verse, you know, with the acoustic guitar yeah. and some of the hip hop I was influenced by being in high school in New York. And also um, have it open up in the chorus into this sort of Metallica ACDC moment, you know, the yeah. full guitars. Um, so it was a bit of tinkering to get to the point where we could figure out what the formula was for putting those elements in a song together. And that became Teenage Dirtbag. Okay, um, okay, brilliant. The, the recording, the song was written in, in 95, but from about 95 until I think late 98, we started to dial in on what what equipment we needed to use to get that right. Yeah. Um, and I felt like I needed to teach myself to do it. Otherwise, you know, you're bringing it into a studio and you're telling some guy how you want to make a record that sounds like James Taylor and Metallica. <laughs> he's he's going to kick you out. You've got to think you're crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, of course. Yeah. So, yeah. 
So I was going to t- touch on on Dirtbag a little bit later, but I mean, now that you have brought it up, um, what was the kind of songwriting process behind that? Because I mean, it, look, we we all, everyone knows, everyone who's listening will know that song. It's uh, as it, it's error defining for me. Like if I think of kind of my teenage years, I, I think of teenage Dirtbag. I think of probably five or six more songs, but it's it automatically pop out of my mouth immediately if someone said, "Tell me a song from your teenagers." Right. Well, thanks for that. Um, also, maybe I should apologize if it's stuck in your head like that. You can't. Get no, rid of it. I'm, but, don't but, apologize. It's brilliant. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, um, the songwriting was, I was trying to get a song that was in E because okay. I had known that some of my favorite records had big songs in E. You know, yeah. whole lot of love is in E. Back in Black is in E. Tom Sawyer is in E. Ride the Lightning is in E. You know, nice. um, these big, these big, big tracks, and it's also the lowest open string on a traditionally tuned guitar yeah. right so so you're you're really you know it's 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 supposed to have the power it's supposed to have yeah. all the power if you can if you can hone it and um and i was messing around with this riff that i'd had since high school that's sort of thumb thumb dig a dig a thumb thumb dig you know i call it the thumb thumb ring finger that's <laughs> how it's done it's yeah. a it's a bit of a a kludge on on trying to be like mark knopfler because he did this sort of you know, action oh, yes so i was like i had learned i taught myself how to play money for nothing when i was about i guess it came out when i was 11 or so 12 and i had known how to do that just by watching him so i kind of concocted my own like messy version of yeah doom doom deca deca doom doom deca and that became the doom doom so um thank you mark but um yeah and then um i had that riff from when i was in teenager and didn't really know what to do about it yeah and i was lying on my bed in floral park which was really just a futon on the floor and um and the room i was in which was my bedroom that i was renting for 250 dollars a month was just a living room with blankets hung across the entrance wall. cozy <laughs> nice and cozy <laughs> yeah. yeah as i'm sure as i'm sure many can relate to yeah um first apartment and all that and um i think i was I guess I was 20, 21 or 22 years old, right out of college. And I was lying back, strumming that, playing that riff. And I started thinking about Cindy Lauper and Metallica at the same time. It was sort of like dreamy, like, you know, what, what, how can you fit both of those in your head? That's, you know? that's some concoction. Yeah. Cindy Lauper and Metallica. Um, yeah. Nice. Uh, pretty sure it was Time After Time was the Cindy Lauper song. And the Metallica song kept switching from their cover of Budgie to um to blackened and back and forth and i nice. i finally start i finally sang her name is noel and okay with that with that melody it just came out all at once um okay and is there a noel is there a real noel no there never was a real one not for me anyway there was a there was a person called noel in my brother's class younger than me who i never saw or met yeah. i just heard the name that's where i heard the name from okay so yeah um and i kind of built the narrative from there as though it were a story i stopped playing it and started writing it uh, with a pen and singing got my four track out and started I recorded the acoustic of it and sang it down a few times tweaked tweaked those notes got to the chorus went for the straight sort of like just identity like who am i you know yeah we t- i told you who she is now this is who i am you know yeah yeah as if it, as if it fucking matters right because <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't because that's the kind of the point of the song right she yeah. doesn't even know who you are so um and uh immediately started working on the drum beat want you know tweaking that sort of shuffle because it it has this right it has a sort of weird lope to it it was so hard to get it right finally realized i couldn't and went to my friend phil who i'd bumped into at a, a guitar center and he became the percussionist and co-producer for Brilliant. the first record you know? yeah 
but I had known him from some other bands and we really got along. And I thought when I saw him, when I bumped into him again, you know, there's no social media. So you didn't really keep in touch with people. Oh, I didn't anyway. Like there's not a lot of phone calling there. So it was the only way, you know, it was yeah. phone calls and, and mail. So yeah. um, sending him a postcard. <laughs> that would have been really weird. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, thinking of you up here in Cole Park. <laughs> I know we only live 20 minutes away from one another, but I wonder what you're doing all these years <laughs> after that band we were in. So, um, no, but the, uh, he had, unbeknownst to me, um, become a master of uh, the operation of a, of a hip-hop production station, early hip-hop production station called an MPC-2000, which was made by Akai. And this was a very complicated drum machine that could sample and loop things, and you could really do some fine editing with a little wheel. And um, He had really gotten deep into that because he had been inspired by a band called Soul Coughing, who I was also having to be really into at the time. Okay, And they used one in their production so we started building this strange beat on that device and we sampled some drums and we started to really try to fine-tune where each little note went and we got it right eventually i think it took about a year to get wow. teenage dirtbag right on those drums and also the other nine songs that i was preparing for yeah. the first album and then um we got rich involved and started building <laughs> recordings of it and I recorded it, wound up recording it four times, um, trashing them each time and saying, it's not right yet, it's not right yet. And that took me from about 96 to 99. We got our record deal in 99. We were on like the third version at that point, which we were giving away at shows. Yeah. And uh, Columbia Records wanted to put that out, which I thought, which we were calling at the time, we were calling them the demos. Right. And um, I said, no, 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 give us $50,000 and let me go to my mother's basement and we'll get it right. And okay, so you said, you said this to Columbia? Yeah, this is the one that they wanted to sign us off of was that demo. I love that you, you stood your ground. Yeah, well, they, they, they wanted to put it out like that. Yeah. And I thought, no, 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 not yet. This is, this is only partially right. This is just the idea, you know. This is just for the 150 people who show up to see us live in New York. This is yeah. not for the, the record company. Um, and they let us. They gave us the money. They gave me $50,000, and I bought a few of these things over here and Sweet. learned how to use them real quick. And we moved into my mother's house in March of 2000 or late February, early March 2000. It took us three weeks and we uh, re-recorded almost all of what we'd been working on with the MPC. Um, and that's the record, you know, that was delivered to Columbia Records and mixed by Dave Foner in, uh, in April, the following April. And then, then you, I think you know the rest pretty much. Yeah, I love that because with Teenage Throwback, there's so many different elements in there. You know, it's not your, just your basic, you know, three, four person band song you know you've got it, there's just there's so much to it i think that's what caught, kind of caught me back in the day as well that you know it wasn't the same as what it, what everything or the same as everything else that was on at the time on the yeah. radio and that kind of yeah. stuff uh obviously you've got i feel like there's definitely elements of hip-hop in there you've got your you know your, your scratching and that kind of thing and then the the drum sound it's it's iconic it is iconic you know it's i mean like we obviously over in dublin here in ireland i mean we were loving it as much as people in Australia and, you know, at home there in New York as well. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's interesting that that time was sort of flush with pop punk. You remember? There yes. Green Day had already been established and uh, Blink-182 was raging the charts. And, um, you know, I, I remember thinking it was when people would talk to us, how come you're not a three piece? How come you're not? You know, what, what's what are you? Right? And I was like, well, we're not pop punk. We're like a yeah. New York band. We're, we're not from Southern California, you know? Yeah. So the hip hop influence was there and the sort of the, the East Village beatnik sort of acoustic Paul Simony kind of vibes were there. And um, 
and of course metal east the the northeast is yeah. a, is the strongest area in america for metal so um and it's also a, a sort of a laconic song which stops it from being pop punk in my opinion absolutely um so it didn't really fit that in that basket but they tried anyway to put it in boy did they yeah. try you know yeah um but uh, you know and i like all that music but i just don't really make it you know of course yeah of course get close it, sometimes but but it's and that's not what teenage jetpack is so yeah when i listen to toitis i would never automatically think of let's say blink you know right but if i listen to green day you know there would be a part of me in my brain that may trigger a bit of blink you know sure that connection has never been there with weedus and, and my brain anyway that's for sure yeah and the the guitar part in teenage Dirtbag was recorded on a 130 year old guitar that's right yeah a bay state parlor guitar how um, did you get your hands on that well i i when i was um uh 20 i apprenticed at a place called murphy's music in um in huntington station or walt whitman on long island and um it's actually called Melville, all these authors. But uh, <laughs> I was, uh, I learned a little bit during my time there and, and uh, moved on, but I remained friends with them still to this day. And um, when we were finishing this record, I was looking for an acoustic tone that was really going to not be something that had been heard on yeah. on an album recently. Um, so my friend Rick, who who was one of my uh, luthier guys who, who I apprenticed under, he was um, trying to rebuild this beautiful parlor guitar that had been crushed. The whole entire top was caved in and the neck was cracked and it was all just smushed from the center yeah. downward, you know. And he put Humpty Dumpty back together again <laughs> with with love and 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 uh and wood glue. And he really brought resurrected this thing and the timing was perfect because I came into the shop the week he was about to finish it. He said, I'm almost done. This might be the one, you know. So and uh he sold it to me for four hundred bucks and it was it was definitely and still is definitely the one. It sounds like no other guitar is incredible. Yeah. It has that thing that happens to guitars once they've been seriously broken, but they can be repaired with it. There's, it's not intended to be, be constructed like that, so it sounds like nothing else. You know. Okay. Yeah. Of course. Right? There will be other base state parlor guitars from that period that were built as meant to be and are still surviving, and they will sound a little similar to one another, but not this one. This one is yeah has been <laughs> atomized and reconstituted. <laughs> it's kind of like a superhero that way, you know. It's like um, it's like uh captain america or some of these mythical like you know it's just it, it can't sound like anything else yeah yeah of course that's beautiful i love that what, what's 130 years ago what are we talking 1890s 1890s yeah it's, it's ridiculous yeah. like it's that's yeah. insane it's so so good yeah. and like the sound still is like it's it's gorgeous like it really yeah is it's an real crackly and, and it's, yeah it sounds like autumn it sounds like you're walking through the leaves you know it's like like that it's got that real kind of crunchy vibe to it that is it's that killer. is perfect it's a perfect way of putting it uh, on that, on the first record as well, then you guys covered a little respect. First of all, like why that song, and kind of like where did that that covering come from? Well, again, a stroke of luck and being in the right place, at the right time. Long Island had a radio station in the eighties called WDRE, and okay. this was a this was a dark horse radio station. It wasn't the classic rock, and it wasn't the pop hits or the K-Joy or any of that stuff. It was mostly Brit pop. So the Smiths, um, Ned's Atomic Dustbin, The Cure. Um, stuff like that, uh, ride, awesome. you know, yeah, all of the, all of the Susie and the Banshees, all that stuff was on Depeche Mode. It was where I heard Depeche Mode for the first time, Erasure, you know, yeah. um, all this sort of imported wonderful music that wasn't really happening in the States so much yeah. at the time. We had the Talking Heads and we had, you know, of course, some, <clears throat> the Cars and a few other cool new wave bands and some American bands who'd been around in the seventies took a left turn into new wave. 
yeah. when when the influence from England was so strong. Thomas Dolby, you know, uh, that song, along with Chains of Love, um, was on the radio all the time on Long Island. And not probably if I lived in another state, I probably never would have heard that. Um, it's crazy. So, yeah. So it got it got erasure um, through to me. And I loved that track. Um, and they don't really have any bad songs erasure. That's the other thing. They're beautiful songwriters. You know, yeah. com- compositions are perfect. And it's an interesting song to play on guitar because it's got these sort of major, mo- major movements that you would think should be minor movements, but they're sort of <clears throat> coming across more confident and, and sort of bold because they're not minor. Yeah. You know, um, that song is killer. We, I still love playing that song. It never got old really. Yeah. You know. And did you find it like difficult to kind of translate it from what is essentially was a synth? Not even close. We, we played it live at the Mercury Lounge in, in 96, 97, 98, when we were, you know, building up our little following in the city. And it was just became that and, um, and cheap tricks surrender were both cover songs we did. Yeah. Um, along with, Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys. We did that one as well, uh, Willie Nelson. And we had this like sort of rotating set of of songs that were not ours that we threw in. Yeah. And that one, a little respect, just worked on guitar. It worked as a as a dance sort of a rock and roll dance track. I don't yeah. know if you can say that, like if that makes any sense, but um, because we were a relatively heavy band in, in the performance, you know, of things. Yeah. And um, it's just uh, it just worked. It always worked. It was never a struggle. Never. It's it's a phenomenal song. Both both versions I love. But speaking of uh, of cover songs, when I saw you in Whiskey Fair in Dunleary nine ten years ago, I'm guessing. Okay. Uh, you guys covered One Direction. And, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. That was that was a surprise. That's for sure. I wasn't expecting those, that one. Those songs are killer, man. They have some crazy good songs. Um, they have a song called "Kiss You" that's really good. Yeah. Heart Attack. Um, of course, their biggest hit what makes you beautiful we were doing that because they were covering dirtbag you know? oh, of course yeah i thought there was, there was a lovely yeah. like moment in that but i thought it was very funny yeah. that, that i mean i thought the the floor was going to cave in that when when you start playing <laughs> that in particular i was like oh god this this could end this could end terribly it was it was amazing though because it was just you know it, it's i should say uh, it's interesting you're bringing that up i'm going to see josh divine from the one direction band play in at the mercury lounge tonight after ah, this no podcast, way oh, which that is, is a really interesting coincidence yeah but um but he, we, I became friends with him when I saw the that One Direction had, had done the song. He reached out and I went to see them a few times. They were all nice lads. And um, Josh, myself, and Sandy have recorded a few songs together, a song called Only Brilliant. You. And another one uh, that's on our most recent set of releases called Temporary Song. And, um, you know, we, uh, we're we good friends. We text each other frequently and um, have other songs on hold that we've never finished. That It's just be, this distance in the pandemic has, has yeah. stopped us from getting to work. But... Um, but the um, uh, the point of the story is is that it's always kind of gone off, except for one place it did end very poorly, and that was in Margate, UK. Okay, I was attacked by this sort of like wannabe skinheady guy oh. who wasn't into it. <laughs> like, come on! And uh, he he grabbed my foot. It was sold out. He grabbed my foot. He pulled me off the stage. Uh, Holy shit! You know he's trying he's trying to beat me up and all this crap. He stopped the show. You know, I was physically attacked. You know, full the full. That is on. ridiculous. And, you know, I mean, I've been in a I've been in this scrapper too so i was i was ready to hit this guy. <laughs> you were ready to throw hands yeah i was well they got my I'm all good, you know draped in guitars and cables and stuff and i have to get all this shit off before i can do anything right yeah. so i finally he's got my ankle twisted pinned against the bottom of the stage and the security guards of course don't know what they jumped on him you know yeah. so i got four guys on my ankle right and i'm flexible enough to know that it's i have a few more moments before it gets really bad yeah. <laughs> so i reached out 
uh, and I grab his little green mohawk, right? Because I'm going to pull his face up and I'm going to like lay into him, right? <laughs> and I can't pick him up because his hair has like olive oil in it. Or oh, something. God. <laughs> so every, time, every time I pull up as hard as I can, my hand just slips right past. And I couldn't get him off. This was just like an impasse. And I remember looking around at the security guards going, you guys need to get up, right? <laughs> and as I'm saying that, our drummer, Will, he comes flying over my left shoulder. with a, I see this Converse All-Star, this black Converse All-Star come flying over my shoulder. And he stomps the guy, right? Amazing. And that's, that stunned him long enough to get him up. Yeah. And uh, he, he turned out to be okay. He was just really drunk. Yeah. And it was crazy. It was just a moment of uh, sheer lunacy at a show. But every other time we played One Direction, it was good. It yeah, well, that's, nice. that's that's good. That's that's the main thing. God, like, that's like a defense mechanism. Just put some oil in your hair. You'll be I know. Safe. It's great. I didn't think of it. I was like, yeah. I just grease your hair right up, man. That's yeah. what the greasers knew that, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's class. So, I mean, like you've been making music for close to three decades then. Yeah. Um, that's impressive, first of all. And probably a little bit scary, I'd say. Um, yeah. How do you keep... Not like keep it fresh, but how do you keep kind of on top of what's going on? Uh, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> rule number one is have millennials and uh, Z generation people in your band. Nice. Right? <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely always do that, which we do. Um, but the real thing is discovery. Um, yeah. The whole project was just, was driven, at least in the recording stage, by discovering a uh, sort of a new kind of a recording that we were trying to hybridize and invent, you know? Yeah. And um, that process has continued. And most recently, um, one of our more experimental songs, a, a song called um, Lullaby, is basically I sat down and said, can you write a song that's kind of has the form of Somewhere Over the Rainbow, like from the era of pop jazz standards, right? Yeah. 30s and 40s. And um, I accomplished it. But then I was like, OK, well, this is a nice guitar song, for jazzy thing. I don't know how to play jazz, but I kind of taught myself enough chords to do it. And what if you did <laughs> what if you did it in sort of like psychedelic stoner metal tones? Right? Nice, nice. Okay. And those jazz chords don't work right away in the, with those sounds, right? Yeah. It's not a good thing. But I so I kind of concocted a guitar sound. That discovery process is what keeps you kind of interested. You yeah. can find something that new that you don't think you've ever heard before on the guitar, on the drums, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, so um, not resting on your laurels basically and just keep trying to yeah. Find something new that interests you. This is also why there's no other teenage dirt bag because I don't. Yeah, I can't. I don't care to do that again. You know. Of course, yeah. You could. You probably could do it again, or you, you know, you could do like a, you know, the next part of the story. Or you know, has that ever crossed your mind? Have you ever thought about it? I, I, no, because I feel like the way that people write their own sequels to it is way more powerful than anything I would have to say. It belongs to people who love it now, right? It's in their heads. It's if they create a narrative where they're the character. And something they identify the end of the story or the next chapter or whatever. That's way more important than anything I would have to say about, well, let me tell you what happened when he turned 25. <laughs> <laughs> he got a car, he got a house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, shut Sorry. up. You yeah. Know? <laughs> Brendan, what do you do in your spare time when you're not doing music? Uh, in the summertime and in the spring and fall, I ride BMX. Um, oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have uh, a very latent... Uh, fly fishing hobby that I haven't done for a long time. I used to fly fish. Um, I, I that's an interesting question because you know the band is you would 
I have many times have thought that this is winding down, but it's actually yeah. winding up. And I, I, I've given up trying to predict how to schedule my bandmates into rehearsals. We just yeah. keep doing it all the time, just in case some wild thing happens where we're suddenly, you know, asked to go play on TV, which is still a thing here and there. And it's brilliant. Um, yeah. So we just like not a lot of spare time, but I, I would say BMX is my favorite. BMX. Right. Amazing. Woods uh, do you go in- that's yeah. I was just going to ask it kind of like a yeah. treks, treks, that kind of thing. Well, yeah, I'm lucky enough to live in an area of New York City that's close to some serious park woods, so um, I do it there uh, as much as I am able. Yeah. Brilliant! No, that's absolutely brilliant. And then, what's next for Redis? Are you, any chance of you coming back to Ireland anytime soon? Definitely, we are uh, currently working on a series of dates that includes Ireland. Yes, uh, for the for the autumn, September through November. Where I told my booking agent I want 55 dates. Oh wow! And because we're a band that we don't go over there and do like the nine or 10 shows at big yeah. venues. We do like 37 of them in smaller venues, right? It's so good. Um, it's so much better. You, you wind up becoming a better band. You meet more people. You have more time to hang out. Um, and there's nothing quite as cozy as like a sweaty pub on a Sunday night after everyone's had their roast. And, <laughs> you know, and it's just the show's early, but the place can be heaving yeah. with the energy still. And we don't really have that in the States here. That that scene doesn't play out. Um, yeah. I'm sure it does in some places, but it's that's a traditional scene I'm describing in the UK and in Ireland. You yeah, because when you were um, last, out, well, no, sorry, but when I last saw you over here, which was back in like nine years ago or whatever, I remember. I think the next day you were playing in Sligo, or I think so. You were you were all over the country, which was brilliant, you know, because most artists, especially like American artists, when they come over, they play Dublin. They might squeeze in Belfast, and that's about it. You know, you no, might get you might get Cork. Off. We hate days off. Yeah. We want to play Cork, Killarney, Waterford, Roscommon, uh, Galway, you know, Sligo. We'll, we'll do, I want to do it all. I always, yeah. We played, a, a, we played our, one of our favorite shows that we always talk about was in Newry. Oh, nice. Yeah. Up in, in, at, a youth, yeah. at a youth center. Now, you know, if other bands aren't giving those shows a chance, that's, they're just missing the most important, wonderful thing that they're going to think about on their deathbed. I know I'm going to think about that show when I'm headed out. Oh. You know, I know it. I just yeah. know. That's how cool it was. It was like that. It was just, you know, these youth, youth youth center kids who had, you know, some had lost parents in the troubles and like so on and so forth. It was just they all congregated around this place, right? And the energy was it was like that guitar I was describing. The energy had been broken there and repaired. And it's too special for words now, you know. So that's yeah, I'll play all those. Give me all those. That's shows. absolutely beautiful. I love that. I do. I, I love that. Um okay, Brendan. So I believe you may want to sing me a little song. Is that? Oh yeah, I can that, do that, that if you like. Possible? Yeah. Is that okay? I, I, I didn't know that that was on the agenda, but you know what? I can get it right. Okay, hold on. I'll I'll be right back. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Here we go. Thank you very much, Brendan. I appreciate this. I love that you asked this, and I'm and I love that I didn't know you were gonna. <laughs> I I was probably told, but it's been an interesting day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's very true. All right. She's in tune enough for the internet. Yes, exactly. So you want some teenage dirtbag, I presume? Is that what we're doing? If you don't mind. I don't mind. I'm quite happy to. (laughs) Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Her name is Noel. And I have a dream about her. She rings my bell. 
got you in class in half an hour. Oh, how she rocks. Paying kids and two socks. But she doesn't know who I am. And she doesn't give a damn about me. Cause I'm just a teenage dirtbag, baby. Yeah, I'm just a teenage dirtbag, baby. Listen to Iron Maiden, baby, with me. Ooh. Her boyfriend's a dick. Brings a gun to school and he'd simply kick my ass if he knew the truth. He lives on my block and he drives an Ira, but he doesn't know who I am and he doesn't give a damn about me. Cause I'm just a teenage dirtbag, baby. Tickets to Iron Maiden, baby. Come with me Friday, don't say maybe. I'm just a teenage dirtbag, baby, like you. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Dirtbag. No. She's missing Brendan, that was absolutely amazing, man. Thank you so it much for right. that. Did it sound okay? It did, it did. It, it was so hard to not sing along. I was like, it's a, <laughs> um, oh man, that was class. Thank you so much. Like, honestly, that's that's made my year, I'd say. That's so good. Um, Anytime. I really appreciate it. So how I like to finish these up is with a quick fire round, okay? 
And yeah. I ask the same, all of the guests, the same questions, generally in the same order. I can't promise anything though. Um, okay. okay. So what's one song that you have on repeat at the moment? Uh, 93 or 94 by Francis Cohen. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, what's been your favorite venue or country to perform in? Oh man, you're starting World War Three now, aren't you? <laughs> <clears throat> of course, we love Waylands. Yes. You know, the lads are delighted um, to hear that. It's a, it's, it's been a neck and neck race over the years between Wheelands and, and King Tut's. Okay. Up, up there in Glasgow. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Um, so between England, between Scotland, Wales, and Ireland, and in, you know, of course, in, um, in uh, Cardiff, you have, uh, I don't know if it's still there, but it's after the pandemic, we're going to have to check in though soon enough. Uh, I think it's called <laughs> Club Eiferbach, which I think I'm definitely getting wrong. My Welsh is, non-existent but um same as mine so it's fine yeah right um but it's got to be between those three i mean it kicks off in those three places it's almost like they try to take the title from one another each time. oh yeah okay and uh so it's got to be those, those you should those tell things. you should tell the Wheelands folk next time you're there that uh there's there's two other venues in you know in in the running and they'll really let loose then so they, they won't want to be outdone yeah, man. I mean, I don't want to start a, a Celtic war. It'd just, just be, be the wrong thing for an American to do, you know? It just, <laughs> well, haven't we, try, haven't we caused enough trouble, these yeah, Americans? No, in the world? That, yeah. That's very fair. It's a fair point. Um, what's one piece of advice you'd give to any budding musician listening? Um, uh, know that it's a risk and that you'll have to make your own way. There are things you can learn from other people, but in the end, just like you're inventing songs from nothing you have to invent your career from nothing too and no two careers are identical so be prepared for, to put your creativity into your business point of view as well i really like that that is really that's like sound advice right there yeah it's all i got that uh, come here, it's, it's perfect uh what's one non-music related item you couldn't be on the road without blueberries blueberries yeah blueberries what's... and salmon okay nice wasn't that expecting blueberries. smoked salmon i eat like a bear when i'm out on the <laughs> <laughs> just like picking like hang on lads there's a bush here exactly i have done actually there's a, um yeah there's a really nice blackberry bush in 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 dublin when uh near uh near the television station where we were parked up for a few days i was just killing this blackberry bush. <laughs> <laughs> so you just like literally pick them eat them oh yeah i eat berries off the bush uh apples off the tree we, that's 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 why they're there i mean you can't argue with that that's no yeah Nice. Okay, so blueberries and salmon. Okay, well, we'll take it. I like it. Um, Is there any collaboration artist that you wish you had have collaborated with or that you would like to collaborate with in the future? Uh, Well, um, I have many idols. Considering the context of this conversation, uh, many years ago, Glenn Hansard invited me on stage in New Jersey and Colm, the violinist, his lung had just collapsed the night before. Oh, shit. And And I had seen that show. Yeah. At the Mercury Lounge the night before. And I was very nervous. And I knew that I was so far out of my league. This is 2002. We had only had one record out. We were working on our second one. I had discovered the frames. Um, well, first from the film, I knew him as a guitarist. But yeah. Um, but over the years, got closer to, to discovering what the frames were really about. And finally, finally knew just in time for him to recognize me and invite me on stage which he oh, does all the time man. yeah but he's yeah, used yeah. to doing it with real musicians you know <laughs> and here's just this schmo from long island who you can picked out of the crowd and i uh i was too nervous and green to develop a, a proper relationship with him at the time and i yeah. wish that i had met him uh, later in life a little but, bit uh, later in life 
but that would be that would be the big one. Oh, that'd be that'd be amazing as well. When you say the film, so you've seen the commitments? Of course, yeah. yeah it was big. It was big. Big film when I was in college, yeah. Oh, really? Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. And then, lastly, what is your favorite podcast? Are you a podcast listener generally? Oh boy, <laughs> interesting. Uh, probably, probably the Daily Beans. Uh, my friend uh, Allison Gill, Doctor Allison Gill. Um, uh, she's got a great sort of American politics podcast. Okay. Um, I uh, I really like Kara Swisher. I listen to her a lot. Uh, she's got a podcast called Pivot. Um, <clears throat> who else? It's such an interesting question because I bounce around a lot. You know, I went through one of those like true crime phases yeah. during the pandemic. And about Same. three weeks into it, I, I, I said, I don't want to hear about people getting murdered anymore ever uh, again. Brendan, I, I mean, there was times where I got so deep into like, because I, I, I did a lot of driving at work. So I could be driving for like five hours in a day. And I'd have consumed like five basically different murders. <laughs> you know, like in it my... does something to you that you just should. I, I don't think, I mean, I think, you know, the people, professionals who deal with that stuff are, have to talk to somebody on a regular yeah. basis. You yeah. know, you yeah. can't, you can't do, that's not, it's not good. I, I, I don't, I don't decry anybody who has a valuable, informative podcast, right? Yes. But just, I went out of that phase for that reason. Like, yeah. No, I think no. that's why, the, you know, like the podcast host, like they release an episode a week for that, you know, so I don't think they're meant to be consumed like episode no. after episode. No, after you're after not episode. meant to binge murder. No. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's why I, I didn't bring up the, the dirt bag where you got the dirt bag part from as well. Oh, you know, right. Right. Yeah. That's that we could have gone down a, yeah. a different episode there as well. Well, we can do, we can do another episode on that. Probably not the best time. Yeah, to do that right absolutely. now. But, but, absolutely, but 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 we can. I would I would be happy to speak to you about it. that'd be brilliant. Yeah, of course. Um, okay, so daily beans is yeah. Okay, uh, Brendan, yeah. that's that's everything for today, my friend. Yeah. Um, this has been really really nice. Obviously, it's under very sad circumstances, my friend. So, no, it's okay. Again, it's okay. You've made me feel much much better. Actually, I'm glad to, glad to speak to you. I was happy to do this. I'm, I, really I, I would have been much that. more fidgety and. and pensive if i wasn't doing something so yeah of course and then you've got your show to to attend later on as well that's so right that's, that's right yeah. i'm off to see josh and and uh and thank him for playing teenage Turf. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> tell him i said thank you as well um <laughs> so look i mean if if there's anything else that you want to like anything you need to plug any uh, well um yeah, just the tour uh weedis.com check out our shows we're coming to england ireland wales uh europe um yes uh, and um european mainland i should say and uh there's also, uh, we're finishing the 20th anniversary edition of our first album, which is uh, the 10 original songs you know, yeah. plus um, plus 10 others that were sort of you know, developed, sounded a little too much like they belonged on the first album, and that's why we didn't record them. Okay. So um, we have this alternate universe version of our first album. It's going to be a 20-song set. Uh, Dirtbag's already out, along with um, 18 other, that's Dirtbag and 17 other songs. Yeah. So I'm finishing the last two now 19 and 20 are, are on the agenda and we'll be done with that finally and then we're going to cut the master 20th special edition <laughs> yeah. vinyl and all that nonsense do we have time to jump into that really quickly because i, I find that fascinating that yeah. um you didn't have the the old masters is that isn't that no no they're lost um yeah. or at least, at least they appear to be rolling stone had reached out to sony to try and get an answer on uh whether or not they're uh still available and there was no response so um we can only assume that combined with the fact that no multi-track master sync licenses have ever been issued. In other words, nobody's ever used an instrumental. No one's ever used a vocal. Okay. No one has ever used, uh, prior to us creating, recreating our own masters, no yeah. one's ever had them in any of the player games or the sort of like rock band or yeah. Guitar Hero or any of that stuff. So um, we finally corrected that problem. and We have new masters that do exist and we own them and um, 
it's an interesting turn of events that the original doesn't exist anymore. It is. It, like, it's, it's crazy. The, the yeah. new version, the, the new version of, of, of Dirtbag, I love how chunky the chorus sounds. It does sound a it's lot a, chunkier. It's a bit more modern. sounds yeah. a little bit more analog. You yeah. know, back in the late 90s, early 2000s, there was that whole loudness war with CDs, right? Oh, so yeah, everything had to be smushed yeah. up against the glass as close as it could possibly be and loud. Yeah. And I understand lots of people love that. You know, the original Teenage Dirtbag is the reason we have anything, yeah. right? Um, but we wanted to, since that's already out there, we wanted to create one that <clears throat> felt a little bit more like it was from the seventies or something, you know? Like yeah. Chunky. Yeah, yeah. I get it. it uh, I, I get that. So it's, it's lovely, but yeah, chunky is definitely how I describe the, the, yeah. the choruses anyway. Um, Brendan, you are an absolute gem. Thank you so much for today. Um, <laughs> especially, yeah, I really appreciate it. And please do get in touch when you're, when you're coming over because. Of course. Yeah. Um, I'd like to. Where recreate. are you located? I'm Where in, you... I'm in Wicklow. So, but I'm. Just, just above Dublin, or just below Dublin, should I say? Yeah, so, well, we should be able to have a, a breakfast or some such, right? Absolutely, man, that'd be yeah. fantastic. I love okay. breakfast; it's my favorite meal yeah. of the day. Yeah, we'll be fresh off that ferry from Liverpool. Green is <laughs> green is the new grass, <laughs> ready to throw up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll go get it. We'll go get a bath. Yeah, yeah, perfect, unreal. Okay, <laughs> Brendan, you are a star. Thank you so much, and enjoy the gig tonight. Okay, mate. Thank you, mate. It's lovely talking to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You too. All the Bye-bye. best. Bye bye.